When most people think of New York State, they think of New York City. While New York City is iconic, I want us to broaden our horizon a bit and consider the many other cities and regions that make up the Empire State. In this episode, we're going to explore Rochester, New York. In addition to sharing historical facts, I'll also share five reasons why you should visit Rochester. A very special thank you to Visit Rochester for the warm welcome and introduction. And another special thank you to Colleen and Sebastian from Living Roots for joining me on the podcast. Welcome to The Thought Card, a podcast about travel and money where planning, saving, and creativity leads to affording travel, building wealth, and paying off debt. We are the Financially Savvy Travelers. All right, so let's get started with some fun facts about Rochester. So Rochester is the third largest city in New York State. It's right after New York City, which is number one, and Buffalo, which is number two. Rochester is also a mid-sized city. So personally, I found that it wasn't too overwhelming, but it has all the characteristics of a metropolis. Rochester is in western New York, and it's considered the front door or the gateway to the Finger Lakes region, one of the best wine regions in the country. Had a chance to visit Finger Lakes a couple of years ago while attending TBACS, which is a travel blogging conference. Rochester is also nicknamed the Flower City due to the world-renowned flower, F-L-O-U-R, that was produced there in the 1800s. At one time, Rochester was the largest manufacturer of baking flour in the world. Now, when the Erie Canal was built, Rochester was coined America's first boom town, transporting goods like flour, grain, salt, and clothing, furniture, as well as lumber. The Erie Canal connected the Great Lakes with the Atlantic Ocean via the Hudson River. Today, the Erie Canal is mostly used for sightseeing and tourism. Now, during my time at Rochester, I did have a chance to go on a cruise to check out some of the locks over in the Erie Canal, and it was so cool to learn about this region's history. In 2000, the U.S. Congress recognized the Erie Canal's significance by establishing the Erie Canal as a national heritage corridor to preserve the history and heritage of the communities around the waterways. Some historical figures that have roots in Rochester include abolitionist Frederick Douglass, who spent 25 of his most productive years in Rochester. Douglass was an escaped slave who published the abolitionist newspaper, The North Star. He assisted Harriet Tubman in the dangerous work of helping slave escape via the Underground Railroad. Another historical figure is Susan B. Anthony, who worked tirelessly for education reform, abolition of slavery, labor reform, and women's rights. Her home in Rochester was the base for operations for the women's rights movement. When you visit Rochester, you can now visit her home, which is now a national landmark called the National Susan B. Anthony Museum and House. If you enjoy spending time at museums, well, you're in for a treat because Rochester is full of museums that appeal a wide range of interest, including art, photography, history, and science. In the show notes, I will link to an article that has a list of all the museums that you can check out when you're visiting Rochester. 
So as you may know, I am originally from the Bronx, New York, which is a borough in New York City. And I spent the majority of my life exploring New York City. I went to college in New York City and I was, like many people, (laughs) pretty obsessed with the city life. However, as I've gotten older, I've definitely branched out to visit more regions in New York, including Hunter as well as Rochester. Now, the reason that Rochester really grabbed my attention is because I was really looking for a destination that we can drive to. So me and my best friend, Daphne, I hadn't seen her for a long time due to the pandemic. So we were looking for somewhere that we can drive to together. It would be a long enough drive where we felt like we were literally like leaving our area and we could explore somewhere new. We also wanted to go to a city that was walkable, but also we could take our car everywhere as well. So we wanted to kind of have both both options to make sure that we can be mobile. I love and Daphne also loves to eat and drink. So we are bona fide foodies. We love drinking wine. We love drinking beer. And every time we link up, it's all about the vibes and relaxing and socializing. So we really wanted to go to a city that could accommodate all of our interests and we wanted lots of places to hang out, lots of places to relax and socialize again, since we hadn't spent so we spent so long that we hadn't been with each other. Also, what I really liked about Rochester is that there were outdoor components. There is a nearby beach. There's lots of kayaking opportunities. For example, like I mentioned at the Erie Canal um, and we really wanted to have at least a little bit of time to spend outdoors while we were gallivanting and exploring the town as well. So overall, Rochester was the perfect destination for all of those interests. It had the good food and places to socialize and relax. It had plenty of spaces to explore the outdoors and it could, you know, we it's drivable. We could drive everywhere if we had our car and also We could kind of walk or take a run in the mornings or things like that if we wanted to as well. So Rochester checked all of our checkboxes and it was a five and a half hour road trip from Connecticut. So that felt good enough for us where it's like we were on a legit road trip, but not too overwhelming where we had to take stops and sleep at a hotel and things like that. So it was like the perfect, perfect, perfect destination for all the things that we were looking for. So I'm going to share with you the five reasons why Rochester is a must visit and you should definitely add it to your list of places to check out. I loved that Rochester was a mix of old and new. Like I mentioned in the fun facts section of this episode, Rochester was an industrial industrial town. There were lots of uh, flour mills and over time there are lots of factories and things like that. So you will see in Rochester a lot of the old bones that have been renewed and refurbished. One of the restaurants slash bowling alleys we checked out when we were visiting Rochester and it's literally literally a refurbished um, warehouse um, or older structure. And it was just so cool to see how these older structures are old brick structures are being revitalized and appreciated in modern times. Also, when we went to Living Roots, which is an urban winery, which you'll hear about in a few minutes, 
It was also uh, inside of an old warehouse as well. And they were able to decorate it beautifully. Um, so I love the preservation of Rochester's old architecture. When we were walking downtown and heading to a coffee shop, I also noticed that there were lots of new constructions happening around. So I really do love visiting cities that have old and new. This is so charming. And I really did appreciate how folks in Rochester are using all of the old architecture in new and creative ways. So that's number one. Love the architecture, the new and old mix. The second reason why I think you should definitely check out Rochester is because there's plenty of street art and wall murals all around the city. I am a wall mural fan, an enthusiast. Whenever I'm visiting a city, I love checking out the wall murals. I love literally going all on a DIY wall mural street art tour, which I had a chance to do a mini version when I was in Rochester. And I loved the displays of art. One of my favorite wall murals was a huge mural of Captain America. And Captain America was sitting down and taking a pebble out of his shoe. So it's very odd to see Captain America being superhuman, but I loved it. Okay. Um, I'll make sure in the show notes that I have a reel that I created on Instagram. I'll be able to share it with you so you can kind of take a look at that. But it was just a captivating scene and there were other really cool scenes that I really, really enjoyed. Also, while we're walking downtown, I did notice that some of the benches on the sidewalks were painted, were hand painted by different artists. So I thought that was really, really cool. One of them I think was painted, was sponsored by like a bank. So in front of the bank, there was a seat and there was, you know, a hand painted mural on the seat. So I love cities that are, uh, you know, embrace art and they're not afraid to have outside displays of art as wall murals or actual structures. Right next to our hotel, there were quite a few large structures, um, art structures that we could actually walk to. So really, really do appreciate that about Rochester. Now, Rochester has an incredible food scene, an incredible beer, craft beer, and wine scene that should not be missed, making it perfect for a girl's weekend getaway or a couple's trip or even a mother-daughter trip or a family trip. There's just so much incredible food to try and there's historical breweries there. Like I mentioned, there's an urban winery called Living Roots there as well that I had a chance to check out and it did not disappoint. Definitely recommend Rochester for the incredible food scene. I had Middle Eastern food. I had Mexican food. I had artisanal donuts. I had ice cream. It was just, again, so, 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 so good. And as a foodie, this is what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a city that has lots of options, lots of places to eat, lots of places to drink. And as I mentioned, me being with Daphne, it was perfect because we could socialize and eat and hang out. And it was just perfect. Now, in addition to it having an incredible food and drink scene, Rochester had 
affordable prices. As financially savvy travelers, I know it's important for us to think about our budget. We're budget conscious and we're looking, you know, at price to see, okay, like the value of uh, the value that we're going to actually get when we arrive to a destination. And I found that the value was really great. Another article I wrote is how much does a trip cost to Rochester? So you'll find the link to that article in the show notes. And here's a hint (laughs) for a weekend trip. I thought it was super affordable for two people including everything like our hotel and our gas and all of our food expenses. And the food was was a really good price. And this is coming from someone who is in Connecticut where things are pretty expensive. So it was really nice to, to go to Rochester and see affordable prices for drinks and food and not have to break the bank, even though I was having such a great great, great, great time and not skimping out on anything. Now, the last thing I want to say about uh, Rochester is that I loved that this is one of the unique cities that I've been to where I can enjoy a waterfall and a city view at the same time. So when you visit High Falls, it's a, a hundred foot waterfall right in the city center. You could literally walk up to a bridge and you could check out this beautiful waterfall. And in the backdrop, you'll see the city buildings, you'll see some ruins. So I just loved that there was just, again, this dynamic because usually waterfalls are in nature, but the high falls is right in the city center. So it was definitely a sight to see and somewhere that I think you can take great pictures and have a wonderful experience while you're there. So as a quick recap, the five reasons why you should definitely check out Rochester, New York. There's a cool mix of old and new architecture. There's plenty of street art and murals around town. Lots of outdoor displays that you can appreciate. Incredible food, beer and wine scene. Affordable prices so you can really have a great time without breaking the bank. And this amazing waterfall, High Falls, that is right in the middle of the city where you can embrace a waterfall and also the city views. So these are all the reasons um, and more as to why I would recommend planning a trip to Rochester. Now, I do have a blog post that covers all the food and all of the incredible drinks that we had while we were in town, but I wanted to shout out and to introduce you to the founders of Living Roots Wine & Co. So Living Roots is an urban winery in the Finger Lakes region of upstate New York, Colleen's hometown, and a not-so-urban winery in the Adelaide. Hills region of South Australia, Sebastian's hometown. Living Roots Wine and Co. was founded in 2016. And what's beautiful about Colleen and Sebastian's story, they're a husband and wife. Again, Colleen is from Rochester and Sebastian is from Adelaide. Sebastian is a sixth generation winemaker. Sebastian's great, great, great grandfather in 1850 at the age of 20 immigrated to Australia and jump started 150 years legacy of family winemaking. 
On the other side of the world, Colleen grew up in Rochester, New York, spending lots of time in the Finger Lakes region. She studied marketing and worked in corporate America and headed to Adelaide, Australia in 2014 to work in a vintage winery to start a new adventure. So I'm not going to give it all away. I'll let Sebastian and Colleen continue to tell their story. I'm Colleen. This is my husband, Sebastian. Hello. <laughs> and um, yeah, so we started Living Roots, I guess now, five, over five years ago, almost, yeah, like five and a half years ago. Um, but this space we opened, you know, with wine, it takes a while to sort of get started, make the wines, age them. Um, and so it's just been a few years that we've been here in this space in Rochester. Um, but we love it. We're so glad you could stop by and, and see us. So what inspired you to get started? I know there's some family roots history there, so I'd love to hear the backstory about that. Yeah. Um, so well, my family's been making wine in Adelaide, uh, South Australia, for, well, now six generations, and uh, so since 1853. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's gone through a bunch of different uh, sort of well, changes, I guess, uh, um, with... Uh, sort of through the generations, but I really grew up with my uh, on my family's vineyard in the Adelaide Hills and sort of grew up around sort of the, the business that um, my dad started. Um, and then uh, I worked with that for a while, uh, but then started, uh, well, met Colleen, which uh, I guess uh, she could talk more about. Um, and, then, uh, and then, yeah, we sort of... Uh, Wanted to start our own thing, spend a bit more time here in Rochester. Um, so you could fill in from your side. <laughs> yeah, Tom. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Seb's obviously got the, the long legacy of winemaking, and, you know, that's what he went to uni for and has worked all over Europe and different places. Um, but when we met, I was just getting into the industry. So it was my first vintage. Um, I ended up in South Australia for my first harvest. And um, so, yeah, we met over there, and, and that definitely expedited my, my learning about wine and, and winemaking um, quite a bit. And so, yeah, we worked, you know, in different aspects of the industry. My background's more so marketing, um, um, you know, obviously did a harvest, enjoy the seller side of things, but but not my area of expertise. And then, you know, Seb's done a bit of sales for his family, and um, but focused more on the viticulture and winemaking. So, you know, it's really sort of well-rounded skill sets, and we just realized we work really well together. So, yeah, we decided, you know, we were ready to start our own thing, and and rather than have to choose his hometown of Adelaide or my hometown of Rochester, we just loved the idea of sort of making the most of them being in opposite hemispheres and, and making wine in both. So that's that's kind of how Living Roots, I guess, started and the concept, and then it was a process from there to make it actually happen. But um, yeah, so now that's that's what we do. We, we spend about four months of the year in Australia and then the rest of the year here in upstate New York. Um, and so we're making, you know, Finger Lake sparklings and whites and, you know, some lighter reds and then um, focusing more on sort of medium bodied, vibrant, some fuller bodied um, reds and even fortifieds in Australia. So the complementary sort of climates and styles that we can make in each place um, allows us to, to kind of offer the full range. 
So what's been the reaction like of Rochester residents to Living Roots? I know as a visitor, it was like, great. Oh, my gosh. Like I get to taste South Australia as well as, you know, local flavors. So I was really excited about that. But what was the reaction like when you first started locally? I think people were really excited. There was a big learning curve, I think, just for people to grasp like what we do here. Um, because the vibe, as you would have seen last night, it feels like a wine bar. And so at first people would say, oh, do you have any European wines? And we're like, no, no, like all the wines you're tasting, we made. And it's not even like we contract somebody else to make it for us. Like we are literally there for harvest blending bottling in each country. And so that was a bit of a learning curve to get people to kind of see us as a winery. Um, Especially because we are in a city, we're an urban winery as opposed to a a winery uh, at the vineyard. But, you know, another... I think cool thing about being where we are here in Rochester is that we have people who come in regularly. So we have a, you know, pretty good sized wine club considering how young we are. And um, people, you know, come in pretty frequently. Some people, you know, every week or whatever it is. And so it's fun that between the two countries that we're making wine in, um, we can really offer new things pretty, pretty frequently. And um, yeah, so we love, we love the sense of community, people coming in, as I say, like on a regular basis and kind of getting to know um, our club members and just, you know, regular guests. And, and so we have a lot of fun being here and we just like living in the city. So, you know, people see this and they don't see vineyards and they think, wait, how can it be a winery? But like Seb said, it's very common for people to sort of source the grapes from other sites, um, and bring, bring the grapes in. So that's, that's more what we do. And, you know, down the track, we'll probably do something in the Finger Lakes on, on my family's vineyard. That's a bit more permanent, but for now that's a great little, extra um, location that people can visit. So yeah, that pop-up is a seasonal thing just for more of an outdoor, uh, you know, beautiful view, more typical experience, I guess, but still not typical because it's under a tent and we have no electricity or running water. So... Awesome. All right. So just wanted to say, I see the passion in your eyes and the love. It's so warm. So I'm really excited for you all. Uh, last question I have for you is what can folks, folks expect? Like I'm sitting here, it's beautiful, open, airy, lots of greenery, but would love to hear from you. What was your inspiration for designing the space and what was it previously? Well, uh, to begin with, uh, well, when, when we first sort of, uh, chose this location it was an old warehouse uh that had uh you know gone through different eras and kind of had been neglected a lot um so originally it was part of the the sort of big manufacturing sort of industry that that was in this sort of area of the states um and then um it, it moved to through some of the different stages of rochester's history like uh part of the um well, it was a seed packing area, and, and this was sort of known as the flower city. Uh, different, uh, there were different sort of uh, uses of or uh, interpretations of, of, of the spelling of flower, but in this case, the, the fact that there was a, a booming uh, sort of flower seed company uh, or companies, uh, and uh, yeah, so that went through that stage, and then. And then through sort of the, the downturn of, of, uh, manufacturing and then was sort of converted more into office space and with drop ceilings and, and then, uh, it, it, uh, sort of was pretty neglected as a, as I say. So yeah, we went through this big process of, uh, sort of with the landlord and, and builders to sort of 
tear down all the the walls and open it right up and strip it back and um, have a a historic restoration to the space. Um, And this location was important because, well, for a winery, you need uh, an area of uh, concreted area with good drainage, well, with uh, inbuilt drainage for all of the the wet work that we do back there and um, and access uh, via with a forklift to offload all the grapes and um, and a lot of specific things that you don't wouldn't need if it, this was just a wine bar. Uh, but then, so that's out the back where we sort of tore, tore up the old uh, pitted floors and and relayed concrete with the the drainage and built out our winery. Uh, but out the front here, where you've got the street view and and the wooden, you know, old wooden floors, the old scale built into the floor there. Um, and uh, yeah, so this is we saw. Really good for natural light and and just a beautiful foundation with the old beams and whatnot, uh, where we could sort of have this kind of worn, you know, um, not quite rustic, but yeah, definitely like worn sort of uh, lived in vibe and and bring that in, but with sort of a minimalist, uh, bit more modern edge, um, and and like you say, the greenery we we love. Uh, so um, and again, we wanted to make it premium. But inviting for for everyone, um, so yeah, that's sort of how we pulled it all together, and we did, we sort of did most of it ourselves with a little bit of uh, sort of final touches from from a, a local uh, friend and, and interior designer. Yeah, so you know when we were coming up with the concept, and we loved the idea of people being able to sit and enjoy and sort of yeah drink the wines at their own pace. So. It's nice because we can offer a few different options depending on what people want. Um, so it's not your typical tasting experience. We have some curated tasting flights that um, normally we have four different flights of four different wines each that you can choose from if you want to taste, you know, a spectrum of wines. Otherwise, all of our wines are available by, you know, the half glass, glass, bottle. Um, and so it really depends. Like some people want to come in and they want to hear about the wines and maybe they'll stand up at the bar and, you know, ask our staff and we're always happy to give bonus tastes if there's something outside of the flight that you, they really wanted to try. Um, and then other people come in and they want to grab a cheese board or some charcuterie, um, in like the autumn and winter, we also do some Aussie style, uh, meat pies. Well, we also have um, veggie pies, which are my favorite, but it's, you know, something you don't see around here as often. So, so yeah, we kind of mix it up, but keep it pretty simple. So we've, we've got obviously our wines, we've got some local beers, um, some non-alcoholic options, and it's really just a space to kind of sit, enjoy. Um, you know, we love to educate about the wines, so we hope you're keen to hear about them, but also you can sort of catch up with friends and, and just enjoy the environment and the, the wines as well. Awesome. Okay, last, last question. Where can we find you on the internet? Um, also, do you bottle? Like, can you get it delivered to your home? Um, and find your social handles at all. Perfect. Yes, and I should have said with you know, what people can expect. We also, you know, obviously sell bottles of wine. So the hope is that people come, they try the wines, they enjoy the space, and then they leave with some bottles. So, you know, we're still winery, so that's that's the end goal. Um but we, we do offer our wines online, um, some retailers, that sort of thing. We are still new and just expanding. So we're not, we don't ship to too many states. Unfortunately, Connecticut's one that we don't yet. I know, I know my family in Connecticut is like itching, um, to get their hands on it. But right now we can ship within New York and then to Massachusetts, Illinois, California, DC, Florida. I think that's about it. Um, and then, oh, in Minnesota. Um, and then 
otherwise, you can find us online and follow along, and then we'll update you when you, you know we expand to other states. So our website is livingrootswine.com, which we're actually redoing at the moment. So that'll change pretty – well, it'll be the same address. But the website itself will be revamped very soon. And then um, we're very you know active on Instagram, so I'd say find us there for any – updates along the way and our handle is just at living roots wine yeah and before too long we'll have a distribution uh you know hopefully in a, a number of states uh, especially on, on the eastern seaboard and whatnot um so yes yeah, soon we'll we'll be sort of you know in more and more sort of uh you know bottle shops and and restaurants and whatnot uh but definitely for the moment uh there's uh, a lot of local uh rochester sort of um you know, bottle shops and restaurants that, that we work with that are good supporters uh, for us. So, uh, yeah, our wines are definitely out and about, uh, not, not just in this location. Yep. All right, financially savvy travelers. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Thought Card Podcast. It was truly an incredible experience to be here. You'll find all the links and also all of the photos that I took here at the winery as well. That's all I have for you, and I'll see you in the next one. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode, but don't forget there's way more where that came from. When you become a supporter of the show, you'll get bonus episodes, additional tips on affording travel, real-time updates, as well as strategies for building wealth and creating multiple income streams. Head over to thoughtcard.com forward slash join to support. Also, be sure to follow me on Instagram. I'm at the Danielle Desir. Slide in my DMs and share with me your thoughts about this episode. What did you enjoy? What stood out to you? Let me know. I'd absolutely love to connect with you outside of the podcast. See you in the next one. <laughs>